Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays we go over one minute of Robert Wise's all-too-timely 1971 techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com. And I'm your co-host today, Nancy O'Kane, who is waiting eagerly to hear if there's some kind of explanation for that strange clock that Levitt is looking at. It's a weird one. I mean, she's, (laughs) well, Levitt's having a bad day. She's, uh, yeah, she was out. She completely zoned, only we don't know what caused the zoning. And uh, she acts like she does, though. She seems to. She didn't seem surprised. She just seemed annoyed. Yeah. Distraught more than annoyed, I think. She's mm-hmm. just, this is something that she's had to deal with before, apparently. It seems like. And it's uh, it's something that she can't control. And, you know, it's... it's I, th- I think that uh, Kate Reed does an excellent job here showing somebody trying to cope with a debilitating disease. Um, I've known people who have had uh, medical problems that they've kept hidden... Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it's addiction. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, an actual uh, 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 an illness that that they've they've kept from people. And you know, when it, definitely something like this would affect her career, it easily understood why she would uh, try to keep it quiet. That's what it sounds like. But isn't she? Wasn't she hired for this project in the first place because she's one of the experts in this field? Yeah, that's the thing. She's. I mean, think about how much she's had to overcome by whatever this is that she has. She's had to hide it from everybody. And I get the feeling, if you remember that assistant that she worked with back in, um, when, when they picked her up at the at the lab when they were calling in the troops at mm-hmm. the beginning, uh, I think that her assistant may have known that she had a problem. Oh, so maybe that. she and her assistant together kept things so that she could perform her work and nobody would notice things yeah. like she'd stare at the screen for hours without moving. Yeah, I think that, yeah. that may have been a, a big help there. And, uh, hmm. you know, it's just it's anguish here. But she does such a great job. And she's, you know, she's the only one in the room. So she's doing all the acting on this thing. Yeah. And then uh, as if she weren't to throw it enough, she has to go look at that crazy clock that's on the wall. Um, <laughs> if, I, uh, I don't understand... It doesn't seem to make any sense at all. I've I've sat here, I paused the film, I paused the minute, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, well, that's easy enough to figure out. It's a 24-hour clock, so each segment represents an hour, one, two, and so forth. And then I realized, well, that's an hour hand, so apparently how many minutes past the hour doesn't matter to them. And then I said, but if that's a second hand, and that goes around... Does it go around 60 times between zero and one? And at that point, I gave up trying to figure it out because it didn't seem to make any sense. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like maybe it's telling you the tide or something. It's very just for people who haven't seen the movie and want to picture this, just picture a clock that has zero through 23, you know, meaning the 24th mm-hmm. is the zero at the where the 12 would be on a regular clock. And there is a red we're thinking it's a second hand because it seems to be moving like a second hand. Yeah, and right now the uh, the the hour hand I guess is pointing somewhere toward maybe it's about a quarter past twelve on what if if you look at it it's almost a quarter of the way through so maybe it's ten after twelve, mm-hmm. and the second hand is pointing at the nine which is down by where the five would be on a regular clock, 
And the thing that sent me over the brink in trying to understand this is you would expect a 24-hour clock to have 24 distinct delineations. You know, there'd be a one, then a two, then a three. But no, we've got we've got one, two, three, four. There's five segments between the zero and the two. So the one is actually two and a half segments past zero. Yeah. It, it's, there's kind of like so, there, there's almost two segments between each of them, but they don't it, land on it. Right. If From zero to one is 24 minutes, I think. No, wait. Yeah. Each segment uh, is 24 minutes. Yeah, the one That's is in what the it middle. Is. It's not next to, like the two is next to a, a hash mark, but the one isn't. It's not I halfway feel sorry. between them. I feel sorry for all the people listening to us in their cars because they can't immediately, you know, switch to the video and pause and see what we're seeing. But yes, it's it's something I think the set designer made up so that it would look futuristic and yeah, they they, 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 they tell time it, differently. <laughs> they got it one of those dry transfer. Uh, do you remember those dry transfer decals that you used to be able to like scratch off onto? Oh, the you'd scratch it with your fingernail, and there'd always be a little tiny spot missing. Yeah, you'd never get the whole number. There'd be the number with a little hole in it, like a couple of pixels would be missing. And yeah, and it was horrible with the serifs. If you have mm-hmm. any kind of serif numbers, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I can't get the corner part." And, uh. and and those things were temperature and air sensitive too, so they'd dry up. And you'd never have enough vowels. It was always no. like they give you two e's, and you're like, "Come on, everything has more than that." If you put the word "report," you know, "essay" on English, and boom, you're out of e's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what this looks like. It looks like Helvetica, <laughs> Helvetica dry transfer, and like even the the numbers aren't even uh, aligned with each other. The thirteen, yeah. for example, looks like it's the the three is higher than the one, and, and the twenty three looks like it's closer together than the twenty one and the twenty two, and or, uh, it's yeah, it's very handmade. And there's you know, and, and okay. next almost just turned on Dr. Levitt talking here. Oh, okay. All right, no, I'm going to and... stop thinking about that clock now because it's giving me a headache. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's just get away from this clock because it's just <laughs> driving driving me crazy, driving you crazy. But we're getting back into poor Levitt has to restart the whole thing she just did, and it's we've all been there. We have to just pay attention on a report, and so she's watching the different uh, the little slideshow of petri dish things that are going by that did it grow yeah. in. And the first one, they're testing how the material grows in chocolate, apparently. Chocolate under visible light and ultraviolet. So ah. it's, uh, yeah, and uh, the it looks like CH4, so it's they're, they're, they're trying it out with uh, chlorine, some kind of carbohydrate. Um, maybe, oh, methane. They're under methane, methane UV, and uh, visible light. Okay. So they're, they're looking at it under that, and apparently it does medium well. Uh, eating eating chocolate in a methane atmosphere. Uh, and the second one, it's under ammonia, under Van Delden's uh, medium. Yes, I tried to look up Mr. Van Delden and see who he was. There's um, there's not a whole lot out there about him, but he apparently invented or discovered that this particular substance makes a good medium for things like stuff from outer space to grow in yeah so it, it's out. for uh, anaer- anaerobic uh, growth like the bottom of uh, things at the bottom of the ocean in lava vents and stuff mm-hmm. so and uh, so so now i'm just picturing of course one of those um children's chemistry sets like you can buy with the mysterious <laughs> bottles and one of them's labeled chocolate and one of them's labeled van delden solution and which something 
that strikes me about where she is, there's there's no scientific equipment around. She's in a, a lonely old computer room with just bare tables, bare floors. The cleaning staff there must be amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking so many science fiction movies, you have exactly the opposite of like Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory. There's bubbling things, there's hot things, there's different colored beakers. And this is such a futuristic glimpse of what things are going to be like or what they thought things were going to be like that nobody's having any fun. Nobody's playing with anything. No. Yeah, nobody's on Google. There's no... Nope. I mean, they have that MedComp thing that we've seen in previous episodes mm. where the, the med- is like a medical PDR, a physician's desk reference. But they can't even look this stuff up when they're... you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, now scientists can work with computers in front of them because everything is contained in computers now. But back then, a computer was a tool that assisted you with your research. And we're not seeing too much of the other side of the science involved. We're just yeah. seeing well, sterile we, reports with, you know, yeah, well, ones on, and zeros. On pre, you know, in the previous minute, we looked at the, those Petri dishes going by. So we did, mm. we did see some of the equipment, but yeah, definitely they were very much detached from the actual experiment. You didn't see yeah. somebody pouring beakers of stuff into other things or, um, you know, trying to, uh, it, it, nothing, nothing hands-on. No, all... nobody, nobody's sitting there with a, a glass thing and, and you know, a, a squeeze tube adding drops of something to a solution. That's how, that's how I imagine something like this would be determined. And I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh... it's my difference between me and Robert Wise, I guess we have different ways of imagining things. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm amazed that although they've been scrubbed and buffed down to the, you know, the, the bare minimum, uh, Dr. Levitt still manages to have uh, a very nice, it's like almost like a coral light lipstick. I'm just impressed by her lipstick color there. Just, That's true. I hadn't even noticed that, but you're I'm, right. I'm sure it's antibacterial and it's all meant for something. Mm. Um, but we get, yeah, so she's... Well, that's that's kind of a trope with science fiction is that the women always wear they have their hair styled and they wear beautiful makeup no matter where they are. Yeah, well, they they probably have in the uh, in the science museum. She's probably in the girls' corner. Of, uh, as, don't, as we... don't get me started on girl corners. <laughs> for yeah. for those who don't know this about my husband, he's um a bit of a space nerd and so when we go on vacation if there's a space museum or an aviation museum we need to stop and visit it and no matter what part of the country we're in no matter how big or how small the space museum is or the aviation museum you walk in the door you're greeted with there's chuck yeager and there's neil armstrong and there's all the other good old boys and if you look beyond all their displays back in one of the corners Usually the far say, corner. Oh, yeah. Usually the far corner. There's Sally Ride. There's those five women pilots walking in the field with their arms around each other. And it's always the same display, the same photos. And, well, yeah, I, I find I, it mildly annoying. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's the girl corner. and it's The usually, girl corner. I mean, I know that the one, I, 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 I hope they've changed it in Huntsville, but at the, Mar- the Marshall Space Center, I think, is... One of the most egregious ones because it's you get to see the girls' corner and it's on it's in the stairwell on the way to the restrooms. <laughs> so it's, mm-hmm. where or, the women or, are going to fix their makeup. Yeah, it was <sighs> it was uh, the you know the, I, I I'm sure yeah, Marshall has been doing really good with their curation, so I'm sure they're getting better at incorporating the whole story 
of uh, space flight and aviation so that it's not segregated like it like it's been in the past. Um, I one of the ones that I was really <laughs> it, I, I understand NASA, NASA has uh, has public relations to think about and they always have to try to relate. Uh, space flight to the average person on the street and what they think okay. of things. But I, I remember at the uh, Kansas Cosmosphere, and they, they display it because they were given it by NASA, the Kansas Cosmosphere had a personal uh, care kit that was sent with <laughs> Sally Ride on her first space trip. Mm-hmm. And it had CoverGirl uh, base foundation. I don't know all the, the words for it. It had yep. mascara and lipstick and zero gravity lipstick that would work in an environment where you didn't have to worry <laughs> about it floating away and it wasn't static uh, positive or anything. But uh, it was a rather massive uh, makeup bags, you know, <laughs> to describe it. I, I remember seeing that, yes. And I, I wondered if they'd sent the male astronauts up with a little vial of aqua velva. Yeah, and, yeah, and Barbasol. <laughs> and I, yeah, I just, yeah. And meanwhile, you know, the next room was, it had, a, it had the two slide rules of uh, Werner von Braun um, and uh, uh, Sergei Korolev. And, mm-hmm. you know, these were, this, this is what they did for a living. This was their job. And, yeah, you know, yep. Sally Ride's job was here. Put on makeup in space, and uh, just it's it's times it's a, have changed. Yeah, it is. They, these things are all products of their times, and it's important that we reflect mm-hmm. on them when we see them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, <laughs> Re- reflect is a polite way of saying be very annoyed by. But yes, yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, anyway, what's uh, and Dr. Levitt, of course, is. She's coping with what what her problem is. The, the... She is, and and we're still not sure what what's going on. But um, people who saw television PSAs in the '60s might beginning might be beginning to figure out what her problem is. Did you do you remember those about those commercials about epilepsy? Um, vaguely. You're, yeah, you're you're just of an age where you might not have seen them, and I did, but there used to be public service announcements on commercial television, and apparently the whole idea was that you were not supposed to be afraid of people who had epilepsy, because I guess that was a thing. You know, you would say somebody was having a fit, and they'd be lying on the floor, and, and everybody would stand around and gawk at them. So to convince people that, no, it's not like that they would show a little girl sitting in a classroom and the whole class was quietly writing with their pencils and the little girl suddenly stopped writing and started staring straight ahead, much like Dr. Levitt is doing. And the camera cut to her pencil on the desk and the pencil rolled off the desk and landed on the floor. And then after a minute, the little girl did, much as Dr. Levitt did, she went, oh, and she reached down and picked up her pencil and went on writing with the rest of the class. And as a small child, I said, oh, so epilepsy makes you daydream. I just, I couldn't get a sense yeah. of what was actually going on. And, and you know, it was brought to you by the American Epilepsy Foundation or something like that. And that's, that memory is very clear to me, even to this day, I remember it. And so when I see Dr. Levitt acting like that, that commercial comes back to me. Oh. I say, hmm, I bet I know what's wrong. Well, we'll find out if I'm right. We'll have to see if uh, there's an, uh, a copy of that on YouTube, which seems to have everything nowadays. So it might be out You're there. You're right. I, I haven't tried to look for it, but I will. If if um, if I find it, we can put it up on your website for yeah. this episode. That sounds good. I, I just remember in um, first aid classes and Red Cross classes, they had an enormous 
amount of information about what to do if someone's having a seizure near you mm -hmm. and uh, to make sure that they were clear of any kind of uh, objects they could hurt themselves against and uh, uh, put a spoon in their mouth no so no wouldn't... do not put a spoon in their mouth. <laughs> i yeah, know but like, remember that used yeah, to be yeah and people will be breaking their teeth by trying mm -hmm. to put jam a spoon in their mouth and it's like no mm -hmm. you don't you don't do that <laughs> right. and you you leave people alone when they're having this and you don't ask them a million questions when their seizure is completed. Mm -hmm. um, you just ask them if they need to call a doctor and, and, and go from there. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it was a different, different time and a different, a different focus. I mean, I don't think you hear much about epilepsy nowadays. People don't talk about it. I don't think so. It. They, they may have made, you know, improvements. Luckily, I think neither of us have, have that anywhere in our families. We wouldn't know any personal details about it. But I know pharma, pharmacology has improved greatly for, mm -hmm. for treatment of, of seizures. So, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, this is such a, a different time, a different place. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, when I, if it just ain't, I, I think about how, uh, different disorders go through, uh, f I, I don't, for lack of a better term, f phases of popularity. Yeah, they, 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 they become trendy. Yeah, I mean, back when I was born, the big thing was uh, rhesus, uh, RH factor uh, differences between mother and child. And okay. you know, the only way to resolve that was to have a complete transfusion. And uh, I was one of those children that had a complete transfusion because my mother was uh, O- negative and I was O positive. Hmm. So uh, I, at the time, the way that, the way they treat you now is they just put you under a sun lamp and you'd be fine because your bilirubin yeah. levels are high. But back then, oh, give them a transfusion. So I have, I was born, Im immediately after I was born, I was, I, I had somebody else's blood running through my veins. <laughs> so it's just, you know. Wow. That's, that's an odd way of thinking about it. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just interesting how these things go through cycles. Um, whether whether the the numbers of of cases go up or down, I have no idea. But uh, anyway, interesting times. Uh, we're finishing the minute as uh, Dr. Levitt gets up with this is now the fourth day, which uh -huh. <laughs> feels like it's been going on forever. But here we're we're four days out, and uh, Hall is debriefing him, debriefing all the or briefing the other doctors as to what he's discovered that he's. He's sure he's pretty close to things, but he, he knows. Hasn't he been sure he's pretty close to things for several minutes now, and we haven't got any closer? Well, you know, who knows? It's mm. maybe it's the uh, uh, nutrient supplement forty two that he's been drinking, but I don't. <laughs> he's he's getting awful close. Darn it! And they all seem to be wearing uh, Sears Roebuck speed suits for you know they they're all, <laughs> they're gonna go. They look like they look like three Mister Goodwrenches having a uh, having a discussion. Um, it's uh it, it i do like the, i uh, i do like the the look of the place but it's just th this is the most uncomfortable i can't mm -hmm. believe that a tube would be the best use of how, how to build that building but i guess yeah. they're they're trying to make it futuristic so there we are yeah um and uh yeah so it, it just kind of ends here that he says he thinks it's something with the blood and uh, we'll have to see what levitt adds in the next minute but uh, we'll, we'll get to that next time. Um, what, I did want to make a programming announcement. If you're listening to this in the far distant future, you'll, the next episode, 103, should be right where 102 leaves off. But uh, if you're listening to this live or semi-recorded in uh, December of 2020, uh, we are taking a Christmas, uh, New Year's break here. So we will be, uh, we'll be off for the next two weeks, uh, returning on Jan Monday, January 4th, 2021. 
uh, with all new exciting episodes. And uh, hopefully my, my lovely wife will be with us sometime. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, see who, we'll see who doesn't show up. And then you, <laughs> you'll be on. Uh, but uh, you know, hopefully it, as the new year is dawning for us uh, in a little bit, I would like to, I'm trying to catch up with more episodes, more guests, and uh, we're going to try to fit them in because everybody seems to be uh, hunkered down as we end 2020. So I'm just going to be trying to catch up on a lot of episodes here and get, get people in, get some, uh, get some different guests. And uh, yes, and you'll talk. be calling your friends. Aren't you done with Christmas dinner yet? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hooray. You got a bicycle. That's good. Let's, let's get back to talking, but we'll have a, we'll have a lot of guests uh, coming up as we're getting, we're now in the final hour, final half hour of the show. So it's, uh, it's very, ex- a lot of exciting stuff is going to start happening and uh, things will be bubbling up. But uh, we will we will return in uh, on Monday, January fourth, twenty twenty one. Unless you're listening to this, as I said, in the far distant future, then just you know turn to the next episode. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you here uh, next next time. In the meantime, please don't forget to do the three things that will limit uh, this plague: uh, wear a mask, uh, wash your hands, and please stay six feet apart, uh, or roughly the, the length of one uh, Doctor Hall. I think I think you have six feet tall. So. Keep one Dr. Hall away from you. Uh, And we will see you next time on the Andromeda Minute. Bye. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.